Welcome to another episode of Nerds Amalgamated. I'm the DJ, and with me today is, is Buck. Hello, how are you? Not too bad. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. So are you getting ready for a good day so far? Um, I'm, It's looking absolutely marvellous. Um, we're in the middle of a heat wave, and yeah, I'm loving air conditioning. Oh, I so envy you so badly now. <laughs> Oh man, all I have all I have is a rusty old fan. Ah uh, well, one of these days. <laughs> yeah, one of these days we will we'll get air conditioning. One of these days. We'll have to get a nerds amalgamated studio and apartment. <laughs> that is a that is a good idea. A terrible idea. <laughs> and the other guy that just spoke is the professor. I'm going to tell you again, it's terrible. Do you know how badly I snore? Oh yeah, you. Yeah, it's. Yeah, let's not go there. Let's not go there. Uh what what an episode we have today. So we have smart home robots, uncharted movie, and um, Linux sales. So let's get this show on the road. Um, Bucky, you've got the story about smart home robots. Um, yes, they're home assist robots that um the people from Washington State University have created what they call the WSU Smart Home and they've include they've developed a thing called they're calling RAS, which is Robot Activity Support System, which uses a range of sensors embedded in the smart home to determine where it, the residents are within the house and what they're doing and when they need assistance with daily activities ranging from taking medication, watering the plants, or whatever. So, so so this beats the life alert necklaces that most people wear. When they're struggling, they have to press the button. Well, it's still new technology in, in the very early stages. Um, but, yeah, it's it operates using a tablet to interact with RAS, which could be linked up with Wi-Fi so that it's also activating as a phone as well if needed and you could have a camera on there on the tablet so that they can FaceTime. So there's all sorts of possibilities there. Um, yeah, it's. I'm just trying to remember the name of the people behind it. There's uh, Brian Miner is the, the gentleman who's been generating RAS and he's been working in the Miner Works Lab of Diane Cook, Professor of Electrical Engineering and Computer Science and Director of the WSU Center for Advanced Studies in Adaptive Systems, which is just a, a long way of saying she works in a fun place. <laughs> and she gets to work with a psycho- psychologist as well. Well, professor of psychology, uh, Maureen Schmitter-Edgecombe. Yeah, well, they've been collaborating to develop the WSU smart home and other adaptive technologies to enable elderly adults and so people with memory problems and other impairments to live independently. That's going to be fun. Honestly, though, the idea of a uh, a tablet that someone can use to see your entire activity for the day reminds me of the Black Mirror episode, Archangel. Yeah, there's, there's lots of issues that need to be addressed. Um, but... Hopefully things go better with old people instead of kids. Well, you never know. <laughs> we could end up with, um, the, the what was it, Wally? Where they had people all just floating around on couches, not doing anything for themselves. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, that's the one. Um, but I can see, I can see the value in this, and it's like a, I reckon a combination between this and Boston Dynamic is something that I could see as being highly advantageous. Like, um, just with the range of robots that Boston Dynamics has got for mobility and so forth. So combining that with the sensors, because um, what's the um, one that's like a dog with, or that they've got spot. Spot. I was just thinking um, of that. I hope that by the time I'm old enough to need a wheelchair or a mobility scooter, it's spot. Well, see, spot's actually going on sale um this year, and then there's um I can't remember the name of spot's earlier cousin, which was a bigger workhorse unit for carrying equipment in the field, which has a I think it was set to carry 150 pounds. Um. It was a little bit unstable, but yeah, 
um, I'm, I'm thinking that that's the wheelchair of the future because it's it's much easier to control and get up and down stairs and around obstacles. But yeah, spot as combined with RAS to help you in the home with what what you need and so forth. Yeah. Oh, the um, the Russell reminds me of that. Remember the android that they showed in some Japanese um robot show? No, I don't as know. A, a Japanese a Japanese robot show with robots and androids. Never. <laughs> Wait, let me. I've I've not, seen it before. Are you You're thinking Asimov? Not um, uh, Asimo. Sorry, Asimo could be Astro Boy. Asimo. <laughs> no, he's thinking of Gundam. Yeah, the Asimo. Yes, imagine Asimo. That would be it's fun. Pretty, this is the start of all that sort of technology. This is how it. This is where it developed from. So yeah, all that sort of stuff is coming. This is how Blade Runner started. <laughs> and let's face it, like it's not necessarily such a bad thing because they've had some cool robots and technology. Yeah. It's a yeah, bad thing the... if you're the human the replicants murdered. Yeah, but we're not powerful enough for that, so aren't they going to be more likely to be going after people like the politicians? Yeah. Nobody, the, um, nobody would really miss them being killed. They all yeah. killed their, uh, their owners. <laughs> See, I'm not looking to own one. I'm looking to have one as a friend. Well... They were giving out, um, in the book, they were giving out replicants for free if you took the uh, relocation to Mars deal. Okay. So the replicants on Mars would kill their owners, steal a rocket, and fly back. See, so I, would turn around, I, would, I, would, I would take the replicant, and I would just say, look, honestly, you don't have to kill me. If you want to go, you can go. I'm just happy to be on Mars. Well, there was... well. Um, they're saying that some replicants were given away free to people accepting the offer to emigrate. Yeah, Ugh, that was kind of that would be interesting. Mm-hmm. Hmm. But I don't know. Like, would you? The uh, problem, the ethical problem, would be the Asimov's laws. Would it actually obey Asimov's laws? Only if we program it to. And one of the problems there is a lot of the AI technology has shown that it's developing its own language and so forth and generating further programming code. Oh, yeah. I do remember the um, the famous a- um, android that accidentally said, destroy all humans. You and think that was an accident? There was no, there's no evidence that that happened. It's all being destroyed. <laughs> uh, what about Microsoft's AI Tay? Oh, oh, how yes. could I forget that? 24 hours from sweet, innocent robot to racist. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, there's also... Um, we got the smart technology um, liquid metal, where you can program different shapes and but store it as a liquid, then pour it out and it takes the shape as you require. Uh, you, you electrocute it or you use nanotechnology or whatever. That'd so, be cool if you could carry a car in a uh, in a bottle, and then you're like ooh. heading home from the pub and you're just like, right, pour out my bottle, get a car, off I go. I don't. Well, presumably it would be a self driving car, of course. It would have to be a pretty big bottle as well. Mm-hmm. Um, You're telling me you don't carry one of those office water cooler things around with you all the time? No, sorry. <laughs> but if you got if you got Spot from Boston Dynamics, he might be able to carry it for you. At which point, would you really need a car? He could carry you. I'm still waiting for my jetpack. I'm still waiting for my jetpack. Well, here's the thing with jetpacks. You burn your legs off. Oh, there was a guy who's actually got one. Got like some um, rocket technology where it's actually similar to the Iron Man suit, where he, you have um, special boots that you put on, which are where the um, rocket propulsion comes from. You have a backpack which holds the fuel, and yeah, arms have other ones. Or there's the hover suit, which is where you step into it, and it's got the two big fans. So there's already technology out there that does that sort of stuff. Personally, I prefer the one fans. Yeah, speaking of um, AI, AI um, being ch- uh, learning itself, I did remember a story a while back, which they had the uh, AI was learning Ooh. so quickly that um, the developers were sh- saying, "Like, okay, shut it down, shut it down." Yeah. That sounds more like a bad sci-fi plot. Oh yeah. It's like GLaDOS. GLaDOS only took like 0.3 seconds to start trying to kill everyone. And then we have to watch out for Hal. Uh, and Skynet. Mm-hmm. 
Oh, man. Funnily enough, there's actually a company in Australia that's an internet service provider called SkyMesh. <laughs> there are actual companies that have products called Skynet. Yeah. Some existed there's... before the movies. Yeah, there's but there's there's an internet service provider that um, called SkyMesh, and then there's another company that's actually like a um, beauty therapy and dermatologist, which has got the umbrella logo. I think I've seen that before. Yeah, this guy mesh. But um, yeah. would you would you would you get one though, guys? What a robot? Yeah, or a jetpack, or where are we talking about now? The robot. Yeah, without a doubt. I want a robot. Then I'm gonna have extra friends. <laughs> I, I want Spot as a companion and his cousin instead of so I can instead of having a car, he can go anywhere. Onwards, noble steed. <laughs> Who cares about speed? If you're not, if you're not, if you're sitting there, you can be doing your work wherever you are. No, I said noble steed. Ah, oh, noble steed. Sorry. Yes. And then you. Oh, hey. Actually, what is it? Um, Hyundai has got the um car on legs. There you go. Combines spot with the the Hyundai car. Here's that um that AI learning itself um shut down that Buck was earlier talking about. But, so it was yeah. basic. Yeah, so it was basically um, Facebook was trying a new AI and it started its own language and people were like, oh my God, oh my God, shut it down, shut it down. There's a lot of controversy about that where people are saying oh, a lot of this, a lot of the stuff that people were saying was happening wasn't happening. Yeah, <laughs> it sounds just, sounds like a bit of a government conspiracy to cover up. I think the right? penguins just didn't want us to know that they were taking. <laughs> <laughs> penguins behind the greatest evil robots. Well... They're the ones with the technology. They built the pyramids while everyone else was still playing with sticks and stones and trying to work out how to build a fire. And and develop the wheel. Oh, no, no, they showed us the wheel. Ah. They, they wanted us to speed up production in the pyramids. <laughs> uh, speaking of um, speaking of the wheel, moving along, um, I've got a topic about the uh, Uncharted movie. Okay. What does that have to do with wheels? Oh, in terms of moving along, we are moving along with the wheel. Oh well, my god, that's Un- even Uncharted, worse than I thought. Uncharted, isn't that the like Drake? Yeah, yeah. So, and that he usually has the the um, emblem, which was or the thing from um, Captain Drake, which is like a little ship's steering wheel. Yeah, I th- yes. Let me just give it a sec. You mean the logo? Behind, you mean the logo? No, well, he actually wears a um, talisman thing, which is. From his ancestor Drake. Have you not played this game as well? I have not. Have oh, you... I think I, I think I've, I see it. I think I see it. Have you seen the uh, tribute to Nathan Drake and Lara Croft in the final mission of Hitman Two? I think I did see something in that. Yeah, but it's a while since I've seen it. So remind yeah, us. Yeah, the, the new Hitman Two, as opposed to the one from fifteen years ago or whatever, mm-hmm. has a a subplot in the final mission where one of the targets is uh, totally not Lara Croft and she's meeting totally not Nathan Drake (laughs) and they're negotiating the sale of some ancient artifact that one of them stole before the other. Uh, Okay. Hey, you gotta, you gotta admire the fact that they're both similar genres and all that for game style and everything, but they're both really cool. This is the recent um, Hitman 2 or the, yeah, I'm actually just looking at some of the stuff for the Uncharted 3 game. Yeah. I want to go play it again now. Uh, so, anyways, um, for the movie, so they've got a new director now for the Uncharted movie, and he's the guy behind 10 Cloverfield Lane. Um, it's Dan Trachenberg. Okay. They're asking Tom Holland to be Nathan Drake in the movie. Yep. Tom Holland's too, like, soft to be... Nathan Drake. He doesn't look rugged enough. Well, they were originally planning to do Mark Wahlberg, but due to developmental issues, they, uh, yeah, they, I think the, the previous director um, left is Sean Levi. Mark Levy. Wahlberg couldn't do it either. You sure? I, I don't know, man. Like, his recent spate of action movies has been showing like he could. He was in Transformers. He's been permanently tainted. Oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Tom Holland could do it. Like, he- Depends on where, how, what part of the stage it is in the Uncharted series. So if it's yeah. at the, if it's at the beginning, 
as a young it, actor, he'd be perfect for because he had that. As in, like teenage, uh, teenage Nathan Nathan Drake. Yeah. Um. Well, I don't know if they have, if you can have him as a teenager, but you, well, you could probably pull the look. But even um, just at the very start of the Uncharted series, um, yeah, he's got that clean cut sort of schoolboy look to him. I reckon, yeah. he pull, I reckon he could do it quite well. That is funny seeing here that Tom Holland was born in 96, which puts him at 22 now, and he plays a high schooler. Yeah, but hey, come on. <laughs> it's better than when they turn around, they have someone who's 60 years old playing someone who's 20. Yeah, well, um, yeah. the actress who played uh, Luna Lovegood, I think, in Harry Potter was 30-something in the movies. Yeah. Whoa, whoa, really? Yeah. So oh. she's like this early teenager, but she's actually 30-something. Yeah. No. You, didn't, you never knew that? I can't remember. What's her name again? Ivana Lynch. That's it. Wow, 27. Holy shit. I hey, did not... Language. No, my bad. I did not believe that. That's, wow, <laughs> amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But with the um, uh, but with the Uncharted movies, guys, this is I think this is the fourth director they have now because before Sean Levy, they had David O. Russell and Neil Berger as the directors for the Uncharted movies, mm-hmm. and they, Neil Berger, if uh, for those who are interested, uh, he's the guy behind the Illusionist, Limitless, and the, the sci-fi anime, uh, sci-fi action film Divergent. Uh, meanwhile, okay, they- so. An awful movie, one I've never heard of, and one that's kind of okay. Okay. Uh, David O. Russell, he was the guy behind The Fighter, Silver Linings Playbook, and American Hustle. I thought Wes Anderson was Silver Linings Playbook. No, it wasn't. It was um, David O. Russell as the director. Okay. And Sean Levy, his recent works was uh, Night at the Museum, Night at the Museum, Battle of the Smithsonian, Date Night, uh, yeah, Night of the Museum movies and The Internship and Real Steel. And the other recent one was Arrival. Arrival's good. Yeah. He's also the um, producer for Stranger Things as well, so I can't believe it. he left, though. Maybe he had to go get some pizza. <laughs> <laughs> well, what do you reckon? Tom Holland has... So you, you, would, you, would, you, would you guys still watch it with Tom Holland in it? Yeah. Well, I've never been too interested in the game, so... I'd, I'd check it out. Like, I've play the games and I enjoyed them and yeah. I, I can't see why he wouldn't work for it like yeah yeah but the it, thing with oh, you, you, you're wiping him off before he, you even seen any more of the storyline and so forth well um, before well before the um well when the movie came out like oh no when the idea came out it was like it was all it was all close wraps then they had the um Sony hack Sony pictures got hacked in 2015 and the the script was released into the public view, and yeah, so now they're trying to bring it back up again. So, well, so what? What does that mean that he can't play the part now? Well, uh, Tom Holland. Well, Tom Holland can play the part. He, they're saying here, another article is saying that he's gonna. It's gonna be the the, the movie's gonna be a prequel to the games, basically. Okay, so it's a young Nathan Drake. Yeah. So he'd be perfect for it because young Nathan Drake was a pretty boy street kid who used his looks and all that and being intelligent and capable as a yeah. young thief to survive. What yeah. worries me about it is that they've had four directors so far. And have you ever seen a good movie that's gone through that many directors? Mm. I've seen bad movies that have had one director. I've seen bad movies that have had multiple. Um, I don't know. I reckon if you, if you want to save it, we just we take it across and we give it to um spielberg or someone like that then we'll end up with a masterpiece oh, i was thinking um imaginarium of dr parnassus but that was one director dang yeah that no, just had multiple people playing the one role after yeah uh, the tragic passing yeah yeah but i can't see any reason why there'd be a problem with him like you could still end up being a good movie like they haven't actually have they started filming yet Nah, it's still in the works so it's still all pre-production, and then just arguing about who's going to be doing it and that sort of stuff. So, yeah, it's, it, it's, yeah. it's not tainted in any way. Yeah, it's saying that it's chronicling his first adventures with the professional rogue Sullivan. So, okay, maybe. Fine. Um, 
Yeah, so it's saying that the studio is aiming to have this this one shooting before the end of the year, though it will have will have to figure out Holland's promotional schedule for Spider Man Far From Home. So Yeah, who cares about that? It's a it's a flop already. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I I'll be I'll be interested to see this as well, so this be it'll be an interesting movie to watch. Actually, who was the director for um Aquaman? Um Jason Wan. There you go. We just get Jason Wan as the director. Oh, he he's good. He's a really good director. Oh, Jason had... Wan as director and who was um the Pirates of the Caribbean producer? Um give me a second. The first I had part. a lady who must be late fifties at work who uh told us told me today that she went to see Aquaman just because it's got Jason Momoa in it and he looks hunky. <laughs> whatever that means whatever that means yeah, just because we get told we're chunky i don't know man him doing the haka and him doing the haka premiere i don't think he looked chunky at all no i said looked... we get called chunky uh i was just saying about the professor don't, saying don't, don't pick a fight with hunky versus chunky dj <laughs> don't pick a fight with momoa <laughs> i'm saying he's he's pretty hot i'm saying he's pretty hot Oh, and there we have it again. Another recording of him saying he likes a man. <laughs> so we've got Russell Crowe. Um, Daniel Day-Lewis. D- yep. Are you just like hoping your life turns into some harem thing? No. Or you... <laughs> no, it's not that. It's not that. You've got to pick a target and go for it. <laughs> you can't keep changing your mind. <laughs> It's okay. You, you can admit these things. <laughs> oh man. Uh, anyways, um, so yeah, I'm I'm really sold. I'm I'm sold on the idea of an Uncharted movie. I want to play the games first before I watch the movie. They're a lot of fun. Yeah, and not to mention his previous work, Ten Cloverfield Lane. That was was an interesting movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you've seen it. As, you've seen the Professor. No, I haven't. It's one that I've been meaning to check out because. I wasn't a huge fan of the first Cloverfield, but uh, from what I've heard, it sounds interesting. And I know it's a very different style to Cloverfield. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's on uh, Netflix now, so I have to check it out. <laughs> the first time I saw it on Netflix, uh, there was a bug where they were displaying 10 Cloverfield Lanes poster for Cloverfield. Oh, yeah, and I think I remember that. 10 Cloverfield Lane didn't come out for another year after that. Yeah, that's Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think I've got a screenshot of that somewhere. Any here? Hmm? Um, yeah, no, I'm I'm actually thinking I'm going to have to go play the games. So <laughs> we, we better hurry up because I'm going to go play the game now. <laughs> uh, so the last topic for the night is, um, Professor, you've got a topic about Linux sales. Yeah, uh, Ben Golas, who worked with Uber, the games company, not Uber, the cars people, on Planetary Annihilation. He says in a tweet that they shipped on Windows, Mac, and Linux. Linux users were a vocal part of the fan base, but in the end, Linux users only accounted for 0.1% of sales, but he reckons more than 20% of auto-reported crashes and support tickets. So in a follow-up tweet... He reckons that it costs them hundreds of thousands of dollars for a few hundred dollars of sales. Yeah, it's one heck of a t- one heck of a thread. Yeah, it's really unfortunate that they um, that it's such an issue because Linux could be great. It would be really nice to have a serious competitor to Windows and Mac. Not that Mac's really competitive because you can't really run it on anything you want and. Uh, Steam's making Valve is doing a good job on Proton, which is their modified Wine framework for running Windows games on Linux. But it's just a shame to see that uh, the statistics are so poor because that just gives developers an excuse to skip Linux, which will, in the end, mean Linux loses market share and the year of the Linux desktop gets pushed back by another three decades. Oh, so, so would you say that Linux's days are numbered in terms of not relevance? At not at all? No, not at all. It's just that 
I think it's um, a setback that the Linux port of this game performs so poorly because it's discouraged people from moving to Linux. Linux's days will never be numbered. It's still the most used uh, server operating system in the world. As for, most of the internet runs on Linux. Yeah. It's uh, Linux in the consumer space that has issues. Yeah, that's the problem with the with the market when it comes to Linux. It's yeah, people are still ambivalent on that on on the whole concept. Yeah, is that what would okay? What would you propose? How would you propose to improve the sales of Linux? If you well, were the... you don't really sell Linux, but, uh, but if you mean like... uh, the issues with the games running on Linux, yeah, I think I'm not like. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com really deep into the engine side of things so i'm not an expert on this but i think the big things that would help linux in the gaming space are a better framework which valve is working on um to run games um better graphics driver support which has improved massively in the last couple of years too and i think the big killer on getting games to run on linux is just that it doesn't work out of the box. So I don't know how you'd make that work, some sort of VM or something, but the games uh, really just need to work out of the box on Linux, and they can't because Linux is so split up and fragmented. Yeah, that, that is a bit of a... That, that would be an ongoing issue when the, when, as the years go on. Yeah, it has been for 20 years. It will be 20 years from now. Uh, the thing you Although, remember, though, is... Is like everyone's happy with Windows now, but it took how long before DOS was game friendly and then game because a lot of the at the start it, it wasn't, and then games were built for DOS and then Windows came along and then it's they started to have to build games that were Windows friendly. So, yeah, it's just we yeah. are getting better at um at the whole cross platform thing too because. Um, back in the day, like 20 years ago, you'd compile a version for Windows, a pile, a compile a version for, uh, well, you couldn't compile for Windows because it wasn't a thing yet, but you compile for the different versions of DOS, CPM. Uh, sometimes you had to worry about whether your software would run on a Tandy or a Radio Shack or Dick Smith computer. Windows was around 20 years ago. Yeah, I mean, okay, a bit longer ago than that. Yeah, I remember like when I was a teenager that was you go buy your game, you'd have to make sure you got the, the Windows or the Apple version for depending on what your system at home was. Yeah. These days nobody the, games on Mac anyway. Yeah, well most of the time I was like most of the games did weren't actually worrying about Mac because nobody likes Mac. Um yeah, so yeah, it's just a matter of just they they've just gotta tidy up their system and the games have just gotta become they're pushing the games further and further on the ability and the graphics and forgetting the fun and the content. So maybe ease back on some of the render and focus on actually making it a fun game again. That's my problem with game development in general. Yeah, well, I, I, I can see that's probably part of the major part of the crux here is oh. with the graphics failure and the fragmentation, if it they didn't have such high graphics requirement and focus more on the quality of the game, the games will probably become a lot more fun. Yeah, tell oh, that to the, t- tell that to the guys at Bethesda. That they will say, "What quality? Oh, what's that? Huh? I don't know what you're talking about." I was just going to pull out my laptop because I'm running uh, Debian on that, and I was going to check how many of my Steam games are like supposed to work out of the box. But um, my laptop's flat, so. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh man, saying oh man, quality. Uh, I I don't know, man. Gaming now, it's I don't know. Gaming, it's it's good. Indie gaming is growing, 
at a good rate. But big name gaming's uh, it's just dying. It's dying it's, badly. That's always the way though with a lot of the gaming companies. When you look look at a lot of the different gaming labels over the years, they reach a critical mass and they either implode or they go back to what they were good at. Which is the reason why like Sega has been around for decades because they got to a certain point where they had the their game systems and consoles and they started to forget about the fact that it's, it's got to be about the game and the game's got to be fun and then they imploded in on themselves and then now they're starting to make great games again like we're getting getting a lot of the, the old games that we used to play where they got newer versions coming out and newer editions like yeah street street was it street fighter was a sega game and that was a capcom that was capcom yeah you know i wouldn't be surprised if we have another sort of indie renaissance soon yeah because we had the the big indie time uh, about six years ago where everything was indie and everyone and their dog had their own indie game but mm -hmm. if you look at the uh, performance of triple a games in the last year or two i think they're getting less popular so i wouldn't be entirely surprised to see sort of a small studio as opposed to completely indie but um Small studios like Uber, who made Planetary Annihilation, I think are probably going to come to the forefront. Even the even small studios that that made like Kingdom Come Deliverance, they they rose to prominence very quickly um, last year, which was awesome to look at. Like the like the game engines they made and the graphics and all, even the the quest making process yeah. was awesome. Every now and then there'll be a little gem that. Uh, comes out but honestly the and even as someone who has is trying to make a game the vast majority of indie games are pretty shit but see that's the thing though is you want that free range approach to developing a lot of the games like you gotta remember like these small independent games are where we got things such as quake oh. um, yeah you can um, all those sorts of games they all started from these little indie games that were were nothing but and were just shared around amongst people back in the day. And yeah, like the, the, we, we talk, I, I said about a couple of months back, like with the shareware stuff, that's how a lot of those games started. And it was, hey, here's, here's a fun little game. If you like it, send us some money so we can keep producing this stuff. And that's, and everyone, jumped on board loving these different games and yeah like duke nukem went absolutely these days would say viral but back in those days it was just it just exploded and everyone was like this is cool well that's also before the age of triple a games really yeah but you like, had well, your you segas still, and your um you still, you had some of the biggest Atari. Atari. yeah you had some of the but, biggest studios producing <clears throat> things such as like leisure suit larry and yeah, it wasn't on the scale and designed by committee blandness that you get from AAA these days. Yeah, but that's <clears throat> with those all those sorts of um, AAA games. That's all because of that, that sort of independent sort of stuff. A lot of the guys who did the independent stuff for Duke Nukem, they kept working on it into the later episode, like later versions of it. Are still there, and you look at. Duke Nukem now and Quake and all that. They're up there on the AAA game level, aren't they? Uh, Quake, yeah, it's still going. Yeah, still going. Yeah, Still going Duke, strong. Duke Nukem was released not that, had a, had a new version released that not that long ago. Wolfenstein? Oh, yes. Like, these, these games all started off from independent, like, little boutique studios where it was just some friends mucking around came up with a game. <clears throat> as a side project to make some extra money yep. if anyone wanted to give them some. And, but it was more they wanted a game to play themselves, and that's what they came up with. And they shared it around, and it just developed into what it is now. I, yeah. I, I say bring back the independent games. So I, 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 I take it we're, got, we're all predicting this year's E3 is going to be a lot more independent games? Well, there was a lot more I'm, last I'm predicting, year. But I'm hoping... There was a lot more last year than. Oh, no, I'm at I'm I'm at the bar. Get I'm at the we instead of like for example we get we see twenty independent games. I reckon this year we might see like thirty or forty more more independent games. Well, 
I think they had more than that last oh, okay. year alone. It's like, this is we only saw a few of them in the main thing. Like they were saying, like there was, like if I remember correctly, that they, like, we saw like at least twenty. Yeah. When we looked at the independent game studios, and they said, and we're not, okay. we're not going to be able to cover all of the stuff that's come out. This is just our picks. Yeah, and oh, that, yeah. that was where we had like the shark simulator. Oh yes. Like oh, yeah. Like, the shark simulator—it's it, still a mind-blowing concept. Like, who, like the amount of fun that that game is to play is just—it. I want it. I want to play it now. Yeah. Like you got that. You got you got the option of playing that, and the graphics and the, everything in that is great. It's fun. You've got the option of that or Fallout seventy-six, <laughs> where you're wandering around on your own and doing nothing. What are you going to pick? I'll pick the indie. Yeah. Who, who doesn't want to play a game where you play as a shark that jumps out of the water to eat a fisherman on the jetty? <laughs> and you get points for it. <laughs> uh, okay, in the interest of time, um, let's move on, guys. Um, actually, before we go, um, so final thoughts, um, Professor? Final thoughts, guys, on the uh, Linux gaming? Give me more Linux games and uh, make them good. <laughs> yeah. so, same with Buck? <clears throat> same answer? Yeah, like, Linux is got to up their their game like they got to they got to step up on how they're doing things and games are just got to start coming back into being what games are supposed to be about which is fun yeah i agree i agree wholeheartedly anyways um so game so we've been playing some games lately so professor what game have you been playing i've been replaying celeste it's a seriously brutal platformer about climbing a mountain to face your inner demons Okay. The developer just announced new DLC for it, a oh, okay. uh, like the final um, final edition to the game, and I thought I'd uh, try to catch up and play through the the bonus levels that I haven't played before the DLC comes out. Mm-hmm. I like the color scheme of of some of the level design. It's pretty cool. Yeah, it's got gorgeous art, um, amazing an amazing soundtrack. Mm-hmm. I'm just looking and, at some of the artwork here. It is. <clears throat> This is what I'm saying. Like, this is the fun stuff that we used to have. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I actually think the uh, the soundtrack, like a lot of people think, but the soundtrack is a huge part of what carries the game. Mm-hmm. It even ties into certain levels where there's platforms that appear on certain beeps beats. I'm I'm loving the look of this. Have you spoken to us about this one before? I. I Brought it up a couple of weeks ago before I was sick. I don't yeah. think I've have I mentioned uh, it. Like, uh, have I played it on the, like for the show before? I don't think you. I don't think you have. No, you've had similar, but I don't think this one's one. I might nah. have talked about it, um, like just in general. Yeah, but I, I look, looks really nice. So, in terms of combating the inner demons, how did that, how, how did that work precisely? Well, it's more of a plot point than an actual gameplay bit nice. but uh, the thumbnail for the page that's in the show notes is sort of the cover art and you can see there's the two girls one of them's purple and one of them's red the red one is the main character the purple one is her inner demon who comes out every now and then and uh, chases her or says something mean oh, okay. <clears throat> it's got a charming story though hmm. it's looking fun yeah, hmm, I might, I, I might, I might get that. Huh. Uh, all right, uh, Buck, what did, what game have you been playing? Um, I've been playing The Witcher. It came up on, um, uh, crikey, who was it? Yeah, it came up, came up on sale. So yeah, I humble. Oh, humble you said bundle. humble, yeah, yeah, humble bundle had it on special. So I figured cool. a game to play that just something to be fun to pass the time and give to charity. So yeah, been playing The Witcher. Enhanced edition director's cut. Oh, is any so what does that what does that involve? I have no idea. I never actually played the original Witcher. Ah. So this is me catching up with where I should have been, but yeah. How are you finding it so far? Some parts of it are actually pretty cool. It has its moments where some of it's a little bit stilted, but not in a bad way. It's just yeah, it makes you makes you have to think about what you're doing and pay attention and yeah. My overall, nice. it's a lot of fun. Um, I'm I'm enjoying the idea that he's actually going around and trying to chat up all the different girls and get laid. So just like real life, eh, Bucky? <laughs> I have 
have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> oh. What, what, what does that mean? You. We know what you do on weekends. <laughs> I play games and listen to music and read books and write assignments. <laughs> oh, man. Ain't nobody Lucky doesn't to want to tell us that he's a Casanova. Oh. <laughs> Ain't nobody this got is... time for that. <laughs> Oh man, that that would be a. He's it's his alter ego. He's like Batman. Yeah, except I'm Fat Man. <laughs> nah, nah, nah. <laughs> uh, anyways, guys, I've been playing Quake Champions recently, and it's been interesting with the recent updates for the game. So they've taken out the loot boxes and replaced it with a Fortnite-style mark uh, marketplace uh, system. And they've released some new champions as well. So uh, their recent one is name is Eisen. What's like Eisen Power? No, as in um, uh, as in Eisen from as in with the torrent. High Sun. No, as in E I S E N. Ah. But um, he's got some. He's got an interesting ability, which is basically uh, puts a tar- puts a torrent and let let do the firing. Okay. But um, yeah, this new system looks interesting though. As in, second, let me find. Oh, here we are. No, no, grab quick game to go. Yep, here we go. I send the. So he's got so his active ability is Sentry Tyrant, and his uh, passive ability is Repurpose. So you know it's what basically... my active ability is? What's that? Sleeping. Uh-huh. But yeah, um, I think this looks cool. Um, I recommend people trying out trying this game out and yeah um i hope to see more patches coming out for this game okay. but um uh, I, w- I would like to see you guys play on play multiplayer it'd be, fu- it'd be just fun yeah it's been a while since we have hasn't it yeah last time we did that i think didn't you get spanked pretty bad no i i didn't see you there e- i didn't see you there to witness it i was the one who was spanking you huh i, I didn't see your name there i didn't see your name last there. time we played together dj <laughs> not like last time you were online. Yeah, like I said, last time we played together, I didn't even see him. That's because you kept dying. Uh, uh, but yeah, man, I'm, I'm still. It's still early access though, which is interesting. But I'm still waiting for it to become a full game, which I don't know when that comes out though. No, I'll give you a hint. Never. <laughs> That's modern game dev in a nutshell. No, no, no. It's not Star Citizen. <laughs> I, I don't know. Even with its new, even with the new funding injection, Star Citizen won't come out. Even with its predicted t- date of twenty twenty. Yeah. Look, honestly, I'm looking at um, some of the research I've read when I was studying for my undergrad, which is talking about the aging population explosion, where fifty <laughs> percent of the um, population is going to be over the age of sixty by twenty fifty. I reckon, yeah, we'll all be long gone before Star Citizen delivers. <laughs> uh, Maybe man. we'll get to sort of crossover t- between the Black Mirror episode San Junipero and USS Callister. We'll get to transfer <laughs> ourselves into the game and fly around forever. You've been, you, you've been a, a diehard Black Mirror fan, haven't you? Yeah, I rewatched all of it before Bandersnatch came out. Ah, uh, fair enough, fair enough. All right, um, so moving along... So we're up to our shout-outs now. And for the shout... So we've got some nice shout-outs. Uh, we've got a new member of the Cincinnati Zoo, a baby anteater. And from the picture... And looking at the picture, it looks so cute. Really mm-hmm. cute. What? Um, it's... What, he's it still having... Like a, a young, that's, hmm? Looks like a young young Yoda. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they still haven't found a name for, 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 for the baby anteater, haven't they? Um, it was a couple of days ago since I looked at it. Um, I haven't seen a name posted anyway. Mm. So they're saying that the Cincinnati Zoo welcomed a baby t- Tamandua around Christmas. According to the zoo, the baby was born on December 20th. Oh, it's so cute. Ah, uh, okay. Anyways, apparently, um, apparently it's been nicknamed Stitch. Ah, oh. DJ has this. a soft spot for uh, male actors and baby anteaters. Oh, I anything, it, anything, it, it, it does look pretty cool. 
It's so cute. It's a cute thing. Anything, anything with the ba- with the word baby in front of it is so cute. Like a baby, like a little human baby. It's so cute. Okay, now you're just starting to scare us. I'm just saying I like cute you're, things. You're going, you're going into a weird high-pitched voice. Are you getting lucky? <laughs> no. You're you getting hormonal. No. <laughs> Uh, anyways, um, so we've uh, another shout out we have is uh, Aquaman has officially hit one billion dollars in international s- thanks to international sales. That's a big achievement. And it's all thanks to Jason Momoa being a hunky harker. Yes. <laughs> and if they're looking for somewhere to invest that money, we're happy to become involved and become their podcast of choice. Oh yes, um, just one percent of the. the- Total revenue would cover us for at least a few. <laughs> this is the um, so with that that value, it's making it the highest grossing film in the DC universe and the latest entry in the billion dollar movie club, which are fewer than forty films. Pretty impressive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. So moving along, fifteenth um, of January, nineteen forty-seven. Elizabeth Elizabeth Short, aka the Black Dahlia, was found murdered in. Leymert Park, Los Angeles, California. There was and looking at the pictures, they were pretty gruesome. You don't want to look at them. Sixteenth uh, of January, nineteen seventy-nine. The Adams Family actor Ted Cassidy passed away. For those who haven't seen the Adams Family, or the old Adams Family TV series, he was the guy who played as Lurch. Uh. So- <laughs> oh man. Who's the, who? I, I I remember the old nineteen uh, nineties movies. I forgot who the the other Lurch was. Let me see. Uh-huh. You uh, nope. I don't think it will ever. Sh- uh, nope. Ah, here we are. Ca- Carol Strucken. He was in the he was in the nineteen nineties Adams Family movie. Um. So we've got and now we're up to the famous birthdays. So we've got. Uh, Martin Luther King, American American Baptist minister and activist who became the most visible spokesperson and leader in the civil rights movement. He also helped organize the 1963 March on Washington, where he delivered his famous I Have a Dream speech. King won the Nobel Peace Prize for combating race, racial inequality, and racial inequality through nonviolent resistance. Born in Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, 16th of January, 1853, Andre Michelin. Uh, French industrial Michelin. 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 My mistake. Uh, French industrialist, tire manufacturer, <coughs> famous for the Michelin Man, and pub- and publisher of the Michelin Guide. Born in Paris. And just as a thumb in the nose to all those people who like to think they're special and only judge restaurants on by how many Michelin stars. The Michelin Star Guide was originally just as a guide to. Where do you pull your car over to get something to eat? <laughs> How many stars are they going to give my local Maccas? <laughs> you look back, like you, it, the original <clears throat> Mac probably, did, probably didn't do too bad because, um, yeah, that was the reason why it was turned into one of the most successful franchises. Yeah. I wonder what's the restu- what, what restaurant has the highest Michelin stars? I don't know. You can look it up after. Ah, fair enough. All right. Um, eight sixteenth of January, nineteen forty-eight. John Carpenter, American film actor, famous for his works such as Halloween, The Thing, the recent one. Uh, I think he was the producer called The Ward. Pretty good film. Um, born in Carthage, New York. Mm-hmm. Uh, his early stuff it? was so much better than his modern stuff. Yeah, yeah, I Look agree. At the thing compared to Ghosts of Mars. Yeah. And vampires. Oh, yes. He was not the guy behind Dust Till Dawn, wasn't he? No, that was Tarantino. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah. Pretty good Pretty good movies Um, John Carpenter did back in the day. I don't know about now, but yeah. Anyways, um, events of interest. So 15th of January, 1759, a British museum opens to the public in Montagu House, London. Uh. 15th of January 1861, improved hoistings apparatus patented by Elijah Otis, who invented a safety device that prevents elevators from falling if the hoist cable fails. Mm. And yeah, that that was a pretty neat. That's a pretty neat invention. Possibly saved my coworker's life today. 
<laughs> we got a text that he was stuck in the lift. <laughs> decided to shut and not open. And did the lift have air conditioning? Uh, you know, I've never noticed if it does or not. Oh. But it, he wasn't in there for too long, though. Because I was just thinking, that would be um, thanks to um, our shout-out. Was it last week or the week before? Where we said thank you to the marvellous man who brought us air conditioning. <laughs> yep. Uh, good times, good times. Um, 15th of January, 2001, Wikipedia, a free wiki content encyclopedia debuts online. And yeah, brought... still can't use it for your assignment. <laughs> Oh, it it brought a lot of night. It brought a lot of nightmares. <laughs> do, you uh, have, do you still have your own page on Wikipedia? Nope, I don't have my own page. Do you have your own page? No, I think we might have to do a page for you. <laughs> we can express your feelings for Daniel Day Lewis, <laughs> Jason Mamoa, and Russell Crowe. Ah. Uh. <laughs> Uh, anyways, that's um, that's all the events of interest, famous birthdays, and shout-outs. Um, is got anything to add? No, nothing. Um, before we go, I'd like to say thanks to um Talia from the General Queries podcast, uh, for giving us a hand last week. Uh, you can check out her podcast at the That's Not Canon Productions website, or you can follow her on Instagram at General Queries. That is W. Or in terms of queries, which they talk about queer stuff and all things LGBT. Anyways, uh, that's all for this episode. Um, you can find us on Twitter at and Amalgamated. Um, you can find us on Facebook at Nerds Amalgamated. Um, you can also look chuck us an email at nerds.amalgamated at gmail.com. You can find us on Spotify, Stitcher, iTunes, and most famous audio platforms. Anyways, goodbye from me. See you next week. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.